Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today we're going to share some Black Friday deals because as this episode airs, it is the day to save some money online. Sonos might be taking on AirPods Max next year. Tim Cook did an interview with Dua Lipa. I'll talk about Apple Vision Pro a little bit. And yes, mention that OpenAI debacle. And joining me to discuss all of these things is my great friend, William Gallagher across the pond. How's it going? Uh, it's great. I'm writing the movie of OpenAI's weekend. That's what I'm doing Listen. at the moment. Yes, it's a comedy. Okay. We're, we're going to get into it more details in a little bit, but I will have to say, as good as some of the Apple TV Plus original shows are, the drama that has been OpenAI over the past week has been the most <laughs> compelling storyline I think I've heard in a while. Have you followed it? Have you yeah. followed it a little bit? Oh, yes. Yes, I followed it right from the moment that uh, Emmett Shear, who was... Was he the third CEO in the row? Said <laughs> that, that we're not going to be discussing all of this publicly, but oh. they have. Everything has been tweeted from every side. All oh, my it. goodness. It's, it's been, amazing. So yes. I, we won't we won't do the whole play-by-play because there's lots of places where you could find that. But I just I had some thoughts that uh, we must share. But uh, before we get into all of this, we had one a five-star review from none other. Let me see if I can get this right. From G-F-I-G-D-G-G-X-E-E-V-V capital V. CZZ344 oh, from the USA, yeah. I know the lowercase v version. Oh, I was I see, excited yeah, is, there, but No, no, this is yeah. the other this is the other Yeah, yeah. Band. It's a different branch of the family, you know. That's right. So, I don't know if that was trolling me in particular because they knew I would try to read that on the air, but I, I think I did it. <laughs> I think I did it. So yes. Uh yes. now let me ask you this, William. I fully expect because this is kind of a holiday episode. We don't have any sponsors this week. We we can kind of you know, shuck and jive, shoot the breeze. Mm. Uh, our, if our listeners don't know, if this is your first ever episode listening to the Apple Insider podcast. First of all, what have you been doing? Uh, that's number one. Number two, if you know, William lives in the UK and uh, still sees me as a rebel, a uh, 250-year-old vendetta. But also- No, 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 no enemy. Yeah. Oh, enemy. Clear. Oh, en- wow. Obviously. Okay, okay, very good. Come okay. Yeah, grudges. I, yeah, a yeah. little antagonistic. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Thanksgiving holiday- <laughs> I assume that's not a thing over there, right? Oh, oh huge, gigantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah. The only reason I remember that it's Thanksgiving is it happens to be near my birthday. That's all. Oh. Uh, otherwise, there's not even a little ripple here. Well, right, now right. we've got, we seem to have grown Black Friday because of Thanksgiving over here. So we have that without the Thanksgiving Kickstarter right. <laughs> to it. So Black Friday. Canada's yeah. Thanksgiving, we all know about because of uh, how I met your mother. So, you know, right. we're well informed. We right. just don't do a lot of the, the, I don't know what you do at Thanksgiving that we don't do a lot of, but we don't do a lot of it. You, so. don't, you don't do it. You don't eat turkey. You don't eat turkey, stuffing or dressing or whatever that is. You oh, and waiting yeah. in airports for days. Oh, listen. Don't yeah. don't fly around the holidays. That's If last year taught us anything, it was a disaster. <laughs> Uh, but listen, April showers bring May flowers. But William, do you know what May flowers bring? I've the faintest idea. Mayflowers. Hang on, that's a ship, isn't it? It's the Mayflower. Yeah, Mayflower. Uh, the Mayflower yeah. landed in America, and you even now you can go see the site where it didn't land. I think that's great. <laughs> William yeah. totally ruined the joke because now he put a bunch of oh, filler in between sorry. me and the punchline. If April sorry. showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. Oh, okay. That was better than mine. Although mine was a dig <laughs> at the tourist industry in America. Um, oh, so, enough. you know, there was there was some meeting. That, can, I don't, yeah. can, I, can we rewind a little bit? And- no, no, no. I think that's good. We'll keep it all in. Uh, that was just, I had to put in a dad joke there. So anyway... Black Friday, you guys celebrate that while you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> Understandably, we have an international audience too. There's probably a lot that don't celebrate it. Mm. Everyone celebrates Black Friday because you got sales. 
Who doesn't yes. love a good sale? And we have, I'll put the, a link in the show notes. It'll be the top link of Black Friday deals. We'll have an ongoing, constantly updated article. William has vowed to stay up 24-7 that day to just to make sure every sale is up to the second have I? Uh, that you can find on the different, uh, isn't that right? Aren't you, aren't uh, you doing that? No? How much have I been paid for 24 hours while everybody else is eating turkey? Well, that's not up to me. Turkey. Okay. <laughs> that's not up to me. I do say there are some uh, very good deals. There yeah. are some very good deals around. The AirPods Pro 2 deal, I don't even know how Amazon gets away with it, but they sell it for $60 off. So you can get a pair of AirPods Pro 2 with USB-C. So really, mm. it's generation like 2.1. You can get it for like $190, I believe. So sub mm. 200 Pretty good deal. Just to be fair, then, as I sit there all day uh, without Turkey watching the deals, I will see all of the bargains first. Every bargain that's only available in America. I'll oh. be right there throughout the day. Now, wait a minute. Okay. Do you not get any of these in the UK? Can you not buy a pair of AirPods Pro 2 for... Yes, but the prices tend to be very different. Um right. I don't think I'm. I don't think just from what I've seen so far. I don't think Amazon UK's discounts are as steep as the ones in the US. But you know, it's so variable and it changes such a lot. I could well be wrong there. So now you've got me watching all of the American and all of the British sales. You're <laughs> okay, just filling good. up my calendar here, aren't you? But, okay. that, but that's because you guys use uh, your currencies, the uh, Bahraini. Right, the, the or the yen. I believe it has a similar value to that at the moment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, that's too good. Yeah, but I was trying to think of some other obscure world currencies: uh, the Colombian peso and the Mexican mm -hmm. peso. That's the rupee, the Indian. Anyway, um, for some reason I'm thinking Copec, but I don't actually know. That oh. could be worth more than sterling. So okay, well maybe. Yeah. Uh, there also is this deal is is very conflicting. There's a 16 inch MacBook Pro with M1 Max chip. <laughs> Right, M1, not M3. Oh, right, but, right. but if you get this one, you do get 64 gigs of unified memory mm. and a four terabyte SSD. You can't even get a four terabyte for $1,900. Just the, just the SSD from Apple. And yet you can buy this configuration for $3,000, which is like $1,900 off USD. And this is a beefy machine. It's just it's M1 Max and not M3, which is sad. But. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. But I, I've forgotten. Last time you and I spoke, you were, I'm not going to buy an M3. I'm not oh, going to buy an that's... M3. I have bought an M3. <laughs> I saw that happen I totally online. forgot. We haven't spoken since then. Yes. Yeah. I recounted my waffling the last time you were on the show, and then I stopped waffling, and I just went So you recounted the waffling, and then you recanted your decision and went straight into the store. And we record on a Thursday, and then the next day being Friday, I just couldn't help. I, I looked at the Apple Store app. Well, that's totally reasonable. That's just an entire day. It's, it totally <laughs> changes everything. It was I mean, full, I imagine the price was completely different then. And listen, everything. it was a full 18 hours. Actually, I bought it that night, so it wasn't even 12 <laughs> hours. It was, I, looked, I looked at the Apple Store app that night, Thursday night, and it said, pick up tomorrow, Apple mm. Brandon. And it had the, not the binned version of the M3 Pro, where you get 11-core CPU and 14-core GPU. Yeah, the unbinned, which is the 12-core CPU, 18-core GPU, 1 terabyte SSD, 18 gigs unified memory. And I just thought to myself, I can pick this up tomorrow. Apple is still giving me over $1,000 trade-in, which is almost half the price of this mm -hmm. new computer. Plus, most importantly, Space Black. 
<laughs> so yes, William, literally less than 12 hours after I recorded with you recounting my waffling, I, I bought an M3 Pro. Mm. So I have to say, William, though, it's a pretty nice computer. <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> Can you actually feel the difference in, you know, to regular day-to-day use? I will say, so my M1 Pro, you know, I did a lot of editing on that, especially when I was traveling, video editing, 4K stuff. And I never really had any issues with that either. Like it didn't really choke on anything or freeze up. And so just similarly, the M3 Pro is great. Doesn't freeze, doesn't choke on anything. The one place I feel like I do notice a difference is on rendering a video, which I send all my videos to Compressor uh, from Final Cut to Render. And I noticed the first time I rendered a 4K video, I typically know the amount of time it's going to take. And so I'll start doing other things. And my M3 Pro MacBook Pro, it was it was done before I could really get into something else. And I was like, that exported very quickly. And so I've done that a few times. And I, I do feel like the, I've not done the scientific side by side, but I feel like the exporting is much faster. And uh, it's also sp- Space Black, William. That's really the, the main thing, uh, <laughs> okay. which, which looks so different in such different lighting. It is wild, uh, but I, I like it. It looks good. It looks good. Um, so anyway, yeah, sorry about that, William. I totally, <laughs> that, that no, podcast no, I, was expired. <laughs> I, I don't feel betrayed that you totally undermined our entire conversation and sure, made sure, it worthless. Sure. So in fact, by the time anybody could hear it, it was already out of date. But that's true. It is you, true. <laughs> you know, that's, that's news, isn't it? News moves uh, quickly. News, uh, <laughs> news moves quickly, uh, like with the case of OpenAI. But anyway. Uh, Black Friday deals. That link will be in the show notes. You can look, check it out there. Lots of lots of great things there. So that's exciting. Also, Sonos, smart speaker maker. This is reported on by Bloomberg. Mark Gurman said that Sonos is aiming to introduce its own high-end headphones and possibly a set-top box next year, 2024, likely, likely looking at April for the headphones and late in the year for the set-top box that these headphones would be over the ear and directly take on Apple's AirPods Max, probably in the four to $500 range. And I find this to be very curious. Apparently, it's been a long-standing rumor that Sonos would do over-the-ear headphones, which makes sense. They're an audio speaker company. I have many Sonos devices. I love them. They're great quality. They sound great. And I would hope, at least, that when Sonos releases these, they would have USB-C, which would immediately make it Make me like it more than AirPods Max. What would the set-top box be? You know, honestly, I'm I'm more interested in that because uh, Andrew and I are actually going to talk about it on Monday's HomeKit Insider as well. But what would differentiate it? Because it, it feels kind of late in the game to come out with a new set-top box from a company that has never made one before. When you already have Apple TV, you have Roku, you have Amazon Fire Sticks. Oh, and every TV has every smart app you can yeah. have, you know. And so... They have to be doing something unique with the box to make it worthwhile. Integration with Sonos speakers seems a little moot because honestly, like a Sonos Beam and Arc soundbar already works great with the TV you have and any other devices you have connected to it. So I'm not sure what additional functionality that might bring. And unless there's some unique UI, maybe they're just going to blow us out of the water with their design and functionality. Maybe they'll have some partnerships like I don't know, with Netflix or other streaming service providers that make the experience somehow better than or different than Apple TV. I'm not sure, but I'm very curious what they're going to do with it. Um, I love my Apple TV, though. Mm. You're you're a big Apple TV guy, too, right? You use oh, it all. yes, very much so. Yeah, I like it. And uh, the 17.2 update with the little like UI sidebar thing, I think that's going to be great. Yes. So I'm curious. I'm, I'm very curious, but I'm 
I also, I like Sonos as a hardware company. I feel like they make great hardware. It looks great, sounds great, all their speakers. And so I'm curious what kind of design the headphones will have and what those will look like. And also the kind of integration, you know, if you wanted to use a Sonos headphones with an iPhone, you know, you could probably do Bluetooth, which is pretty, well, what's a, what's a good word for like a, like a simple, a simplistic way. I don't know. I feel like you would have a good word for this. You know, like, like it's, it's the, uh, the simple way to connect something is Bluetooth, but it doesn't have all like the high end, like audio fidelity or whatever, you know, right? rudimentary, Um, rudimentary. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I feel like maybe airplay, I don't know if they would do airplay to headphones. Like if there would be some kind of a, I don't know. I find it interesting. I want, I want to see it, but would anything tempt you? Will do you really use a lot of headphones, like when you're up and about? Well, I went on holiday a few months ago and I loved my AirPods Pro in it, first generation. And I haven't been able to find them since I've got back. I know the last place seen was in the house. So they're somewhere in the <laughs> still unpacked luggage and things. And I am missing them terribly. Um, oh. But uh, I'm not an audiophile. I I do relish the sound when I notice it's nice, but I doubt that I'm in the market for Sonos. I'm not in the market for AirPods Max, yeah. for example. Uh, do you, um, so A, isn't a great time to buy a new pair of AirPods Pro 2 uh, on a Black Friday sale? I couldn't do it. Like not Knowing that they're within 10 meters of me at this moment, I couldn't. I couldn't. Did you try they any find me. my... Yes, but I didn't, for some reason, and who knows why, I didn't think about it until the batteries in everything were gone. Oh, yeah. So it's like, probably last thing. Well, yeah, it could have said uh, Alaska, and then I would have just had to give up. It was at your home address, so I know. <laughs> also, about as helpful as saying Alaska, because it doesn't yeah. tell you anywhere in the in the Alaska the would be better, wouldn't it? Because I could feel stupid, but then get over it and buy some. Now, oh, I just true. I can't get out of the stupid phase. So. Oh, what's worse is if the last time it pinged the location was when you used it before you left. And maybe they're actually in Alaska, but Find My doesn't know. That would be... Oh, thanks a plot, bunch. Plot twist, right. plot twist. When you are sitting at your desk and you're looking at your 18-foot wide monitor mm-hmm. doing your work, do you do you listen to things? It varies enormously. I used to listen all day to BBC Radio 4, and it was like it unconsciously go into me. So at the end of the day, when I choose to watch the news, I think, I know all of this. How do I know all of this? Um, And then I kind of segued into music, particularly when Apple Music was around. And now it just seems to vary. Recently, Apple Music Classical a bit. um, And what are you? Marla's Fifth in particular. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Although, I mean, it's gorgeous, but it's incredibly depressing by the end. It is a little sad. Yeah, and it's on loop. So, what are you listening so, on then when you're at your desk there? I have uh, sort of two original HomePods. Oh, that's sort right. Of. That's right. Yeah. What do you mean, sort of? What does that mean? The pairing just can't always be bothered to work, and I know I should look into it. But it's like, oh, all right, well, the one that's nearest to me seems to be doing all right, so that'll be okay. Oh, have you? Uh, you can factory reset them or something. Try that. Do you, do you know how to factory reset a HomePod? It's a very strange yes. process. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. I thought I did. Now I don't remember thinking. Well, it was you got to you got to unplug it from the wall, and then hold your finger on the top touch surface and plug it oh, back no, into the I don't wall. Know this then, no. And you keep your finger held on that touch surface until it circles red, and once you see the circling of red lights, then you you're reset. making this up, aren't you? You're going to say, and then not. you throw salt over 100%. your shoulder. That's where this is going. I am totally not making this up. I'm literally going to pull up the Apple support article and I put it in the show. I remember resetting it with just, you know, like like a button. 
on the if you if you had the like if it was still in the home app like you could go to the home app and reset it that's what i did yes. yeah you you can do that but if you want to do a factory reset oh okay like from you know from the very beginning you need to un- you unplug it unplug the power adapter wait 10 seconds and then plug it back in while holding the the top part and that's, that's and what singing you, the Star Spangled Banner or something. You sing uh, you My do. Bonnie Lass, The Pipes, The Pipes oh, that's, Are Calling yes, You. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Star Spangled Banner would be Android, wouldn't it? That would make sense. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, you should try to factory reset those things. Uh, see, okay. see how it goes. Uh, see how it goes. I will, I think. Did you listen to the interview with Apple CEO Tim Cook and musician Dua Lipa? Uh, would you believe I chucked it into whispered transcription and I scan read the transcription because it's 45 <laughs> minutes. I was looking for one thing in particular. Um, <laughs> Will you? <laughs> yeah. That is so on brand. <laughs> not, not only have you stopped watching things and just reading the script, <laughs> you've stopped listening to things and you're just transcribing the audio so you don't have to listen. This, this is, yeah. I'm waiting yeah. for the day, the C... The a the AI pin or whatever thing you can wear on you that would literally transcribe people talking to you in real time. That's what you need, William. Does that mean you said just say what you're going to say? Uh, I wouldn't have to listen to you. I could just read you later. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's exactly right. You could just you say, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. You say what you planned on saying to me, and I'll read the transcription in a minute, and I'll get back to you. I think that's how your interactions should go from now on. Okay, I'm not Sounds sure good. how I went down this line but i was busy at the time so uh, it was a quick thing to do huh. sure okay no Jeez. no i get it i get it that's that's yeah, uh, but wait a minute well hang on let's just back this up a bit did yeah. you watch the interview well i didn't i listened to it there you go you i listened oh, to right. it you just do the podcast for it. oh okay yeah, i listened to the podcast did you listen to all of it i did because I, the podcast I was, was put on youtube that's where i first saw it oh um okay. apple podcast was like featuring it and so i yeah i listened to it the whole thing. I listened to the whole thing. Why is this? Uh, why is this hard to believe? I listened to the whole thing. I don't know. Just the way you, you're questioning me. It's like you're trying to, you know, push the argument my way, make me defensive when the truth is <laughs> oh, you see, just I kind see. of read a book, had some tea, just mashed, kind of smashed your watch against the walls again, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. I think but, I did. Okay. I found a little scratch on my Apple Watch Ultra too. I oh, think, hitting it on the on something, but. Yeah, it's uh, uh, my kids now make the joke because my oldest son listens to the show and he'll basically be your voice in my ear. Like, Did you hit <laughs> it on a door again? Yeah, so oh. thanks a lot. Oh, anyway. That's what made my day. Oh, yeah, no, he, he, yeah, he likes hearing you on it. Uh, <laughs> I listened to the whole interview, William. I didn't read the transcripts <laughs> that I auto-generated. <laughs> I listened to the whole interview. It was good. You know, it felt like there were some talking points that was like, you know, they had to get to or whatever. Like they talked about sustainability and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. two interesting parts. One was the whole succession thing where Dua Lipa asked Tim Cook, how long are you going to be at Apple? And what's the plan when you leave? To which I forget when it said, but I feel like Tim Cook said in the last couple of years, within 10 years that he would be leaving. Uh, in 2021, he said that. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So we got eight years, eight years on the clock uh, at the most. You know, he might leave before mm-hmm. that, uh, but he mm-hmm. said that he would be leaving. So within that time frame, and he said on the podcast, Tim Cook, that there is a clear succession plan that apparently there might be multiple people uh, in the pool or at least in the uh, options of who would take over as CEO. Sam Altman, for example, clearly <laughs> got to be in there somewhere. Sorry. No, no, no. He's he's taken now uh, again, although who knows how long that will last. But uh, yeah, so several people 
I would be I would be curious to know uh, who you think might be on that list. But Dua Lipa, of course, pressed him, asking, "Could you say who it is?" And Tim Cook very coyly is like, "Oh no, 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 can't say that." Uh, but I feel like, I mean, Craig Federighi's got to be up there on the list. Everyone in like the tech punditry says like Jeff Williams. That's who I think the COO. Yeah. Uh, okay, he's the current CEO. Which that's who, that's what Tim Cook was before he was CEO. Exactly. Was the CEO. Yeah. So it could be Jeff Williams. I I don't know. Uh, he, <laughs> I was going to say it as a joke, but now I can't remember his name. The uh, the services guy Eddie Q. <laughs> Eddie Q could uh, you know go from the the Golden Warriors uh, front row. NBA games right into the CEO spot, right? Um, that was just syllables to me. I'm guessing that was a sports reference there. Eddie Q. You know who Eddie, Eddie Q? Eddie Q, yeah. But yeah, he's N, Eddie Q. And something, he's whatever always, the rest of that was. He's a big, <laughs> like, NBA fan, and so there's always pictures oh, of Eddie NBA, Q, like, right. at these Golden State Warriors NBA games, like, on the front row and getting sweated on by Stephen Curry Ooh. or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that was, the, that was the succession thing. That was interesting. You know, they mentioned Vision Pro, which I want to talk about in a second, but then... They also brought up AI. Dua Lipa brought, talked about AI and kind of the whole, is this dangerous? What is the future of AI? And, you know, I think for the first time, like really explicitly saying, Tim Cook was like, yeah, we have AI in all of our products. And he said the word AI. He said there's AI in all the products. He said when you're typing on your iPhone and you see those words suggested above the keyboard, that's AI, which, mm. you know, news to me. But yeah, okay, like that's... uh some kind of machine learning suggesting stuff there. And he did not shy away from saying that they use AI already now in the phones and it'll be a thing they're incorporating in the future. I thought that was interesting. Is that the part you pulled out? I suppose I already knew that that was machine learning uh, for it. So that bit didn't surprise me. Um, Yeah. And that that felt like that's uh, the logical use of machine learning. Um, What is the most likely next word to me? Artificial intelligence sounds like an overlord studying you and deciding what's good for you. Whereas it's really just, what did they say last time? They'll probably want that again. That's kind of level of AI I think we probably already actually got. And so that made sense to me. But you're just looking at me now. No, no, no. And Apple has mentioned machine learning many times in their events in the past. I just thought it was interesting for Tim Cook to explicitly say AI. I still think yes. yeah. AI specifically is like a bit of a misnomer. You know, I feel like for many years when people referred to AI, they were referring to what we now call AGI or artificial. I was going to ask you about that. I've been hearing AGI this week and right. it sounds just like people trying to be different from AI, but what's the G stand for? Well, artificial general intelligence is what the G stands for. And that is the okay. quest to actually create a version of AI that is self-aware, that actually... Oh, so to make an AI, that's what we think AI actually is. <laughs> right. Okay. That's, that's why I feel like AI for decades was that, AGI. And now because AI is a buzzword and it's used for transcription services and the autocorrect on your iPhone keyboard that we now have to have the term AGI to specify like, no, we want to create the Terminator uh, that thinks for itself. So that's, okay. that's the G. That's the mm. G. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, we're going to talk about open AI in a moment, but now that you, I mean, that is the quest. I forget. What is your, your general feelings about this? What are, what are your, 
Because you use AI, you said. Uh, well, I use AI extensively on my Mac for transcription. So uh, Whisper Transcription, Otter.ai. Yeah. And now, as in the last few days, Audio Hijack has added in transcription, which uses the uh, ChatGPT Whisper technology stuff. So I'm using it uh, excessively in that sense, and I'm finding it deeply useful. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I, there are strong concerns for writers and actors about it. I mean, actually quite subtle contractual concerns. Um, I'm, I'm deputy chair of the Writers Guild, uh, but I have not been involved in any way with, uh, well, partly because I'm in the UK, but also partly because I'm just deputy. I've not been involved in any strike-related uh, activities. Mm. So I can't speak on behalf of the Guild. I don't know what the Guild position is on this. But there were stories in the US press that... Um, Studios, for example, would like to get AI to write uh, a sitcom and then hand it over to you know, a real writer to make it actually work. And you think that seems a strange thing to do, but it's financially better off for the studios because that would have made uh, the writer's work actually adaptation rather than writing an original. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, that, that means they've been paid a lot less for it. I believe uh, WGA... Um, Writers Guild of America, Western East, have, have basically said no to that, and that's a very important thing. Right. But the prospect there was really worrying me during the early days of the strike. Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you hear my uh, AI generated voice? Yes. Did you hear that? Yeah. Well, I heard someone's <laughs> AI generated voice, and I think you said it was you. Um, I wasn't entirely convinced. I don't know why yeah it's you know it's not it's not there yet but a couple of years from now it's gonna be something it's gonna be something so anyway uh, we'll talk about open ai again in a minute but tim cook and dually boss talk about vision pro i will say in regards to apple vision pro dan our apple insider contributor he has an article talking about can the apple vision pro reinvent the computer again and as we approach 2024 i've been hearing rumblings that you know Apple is preparing to train store employees on yeah. using the Apple Vision Pro and selling it. And, you know, I saw someone actually talk about the Apple Watch and how you had to go into a store in order to buy one, which I don't remember being the case because I reviewed the original Apple Watch for Apple Insider and I had it shipped to me and I received yeah, it so on I. launch. So you, you received one too. Yes. Yeah. So I have been into stores to look at them. Right. Actually right. later than the first one. Right. And I think if you wanted to buy one in the store at, at the very beginning, I do think that there was kind of like a you schedule an appointment, which now if you want to buy anything at an Apple store, like as far as their hardware accessories, you could just use the Apple store app, scan it and go. But if you want to buy a MacBook or an Apple watch, it is better to like make an appointment and like you actually do that in the Apple store app and it's like a shopping appointment or whatever. So I imagine they'll be doing that with the Apple vision pro. I'm curious when it does become available if you can buy it online at all i mean i have to imagine apple would want to sell it to as many people as possible right away and would let you just buy it online i am also very curious what the process will be like for eyeglasses prescriptions i don't wear glasses no but that's said to be one of the reasons why there will have to be um dedicated areas in stores for vision pro for people to make appointments and try them on Right. There was a patent recently, uh, I can't remember, it was just an application or it was granted that had uh, probably the Vision Pro, maybe a later thing, 
with some sort of adjustable lens that you wouldn't need to fit in things it would just arrange itself to your eyes but at least not in the first version <laughs> right. so yeah I'm, I'm curious honestly if there is going to be an online ordering option and get it shipped to you and if it takes longer to get a prescription lens i'm not doing mm-hmm. it like i do wear glasses but my prescription is pretty mild and i'm like yeah it'll be fine and i'll figure it out later but and also like if you wanted to share it like when i if and when I do get one, I imagine my kids would like to try it, the, who don't wear glasses. And I feel like, again, these are just questions that are unanswered. If you actually get it with an eye prescription built into the lenses, does that obfuscate the ability of others to kind of try it out and see? Yeah, I, I realize I don't know, and probably we should know this by now, but I have presumed that uh, any lens changing is something that can be fitted in because it just doesn't seem economic to manufacture them with different prescription stuff for it. Just to have a bit you can somehow slot in would make more sense, particularly, you know, if they're trying to adjust to suit uh, a buyer, give them different options for it. They can't have a pile of them with different sizes. It It would seem logical to have an ability to fit things in, which would suggest you have the ability to take them out again if you want to share it with someone else. But wasn't mm. there a story that there was some limitation on sharing? It was like two users, something really early on. I seem to remember uh, basically ignoring that because I'm never going to buy one at this price. Um, um, you know, I could be wrong. I don't... There. Likely to be wrong, in fact. I don't know. But, but again, like to your point, like there's so many details kind of not... We, don't, we just don't have them. No. Um, and then the users thing is interesting because even as I was saying, I would like for my kids to be able to try it out. If I get one, if there is some kind of like bio authentication, like face ID built in, which it is looking at your eyes, you know, mm. inside the headset, will you be able to unlock it, say from your iPhone with someone else wearing it this way they can actually yeah. experience it and try it. And if you do, you know, if you had a meta quest two or the older Oculus, you know, the, it wouldn't necessarily be your phone and like Apple ID information synced to that device. You know, you have, you know, it's kind of a separate thing, your entertainment, your games or whatever. But if someone were wearing your vision pro and you get a text message or you get an email, I guess that user would just be able to see it. I mean, if it's Mm. unlocked and on your face, just like they would be able to open your mail application or open your photos app and see all your stuff. Like it would, with your phone. Like they would just see all the stuff that would be on your phone, but even more maybe disconcerting, depending on who you are, you have no idea what they're looking at because it's in the headset. (laughs) So you can't actually see, Oh, did they just open my photos app or are they looking at my messages? So now I, it's just now hitting me like some of those like use cases. If you wanted to share this headset, maybe they're, Maybe there is a guest mode, like you're saying. Maybe I heard a story about that. I'm not sure. I'm conscious that uh, there are, um, I've been aware of VR performances, uh, particularly in museums around the UK, where a small number of people at a time can wear headsets and do whatever it is. Uh, And it was a big burden because um, people would get ill if they were under the headsets for too long. But also they had to factor in the time to get people out and the next people in. But in that case, the time was cleaning the headset before going on to the next one. I've got to imagine that performance with Apple's headset would be really good. So you would want there to be an option to have it guestable, uh, audienceable (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated about how this is all going to work and the buying process and all of that. So we should know in a couple of months 
early 2024 is what Apple had said. And again, from what I've heard, might maybe February, March, April yeah. time at the latest. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, also, this was an interesting patent I wanted to talk about is the patents about making the display of an iPhone harder to see, or mm. it would uh, increase the opaque nature of a screen. So someone couldn't see you like putting in your passcode. And uh, you had this article about these couple patents that were filed, but I think this is an interesting topic because Joanna Stern of the Wall Street Journal had the whole, you know, if someone gets your iPhone passcode, they can basically reset your iCloud password and then you're locked out of your entire iCloud life yeah. and how that that is kind of a big pain point or it's a big security hole, quote unquote, per se, because uh, those things are so tightly connected. And I actually got people that re that uh, commented when I started really being a proponent of iCloud passwords, I would have people reach out and they'd be like, because I can't set a different password for my iCloud passwords, I'm not going to use this. Like people specifically want that second layer of authentication, maybe a different password for their iCloud passwords than their device because of this very nature that someone could reset their Apple ID password if they were to get the iPhone passcode. And then all the passwords are now in the hands of a nefarious actor. And, you know, there are things that I do, which I'm curious, do you, what is your, uh, I'm not going to ask what is your passcode, but do you use six digit, four digit or alphanumeric passcode? Uh, six digit. I know someone who, uh, whose job gives them an iPhone and requires an alphanumeric uh, password and it is ludicrously long. I don't know how it's just the patients and they force it to change. Uh, I don't think it's monthly, but it's not much longer than monthly. So every now and again, if I'm aware of it, it's like this is grumbling noise. Yeah, that would that is, yeah. If, if I had to change my alphanumeric passcode, I go alphanumeric, and but I've I don't change it very often, and it is, I don't know if I've changed uh, it. Right. How long is your alphanumeric password? <laughs> I don't know. Is this is too much uh, information to give away. I mean, let's see. Is one two I'll say it's about uh, 15 characters. 15 characters. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, you're only putting it in every so often. You know, mostly it's Face ID. And, True. you know, I have that on my iPad as well. Um, I do the alphanumeric on the iPad as well, because also typing on that is even easier if you have a keyboard attached. But I will say, you know, talking about someone getting your passcode or whatever, I do think an alphanumeric passcode, even if you're only using numbers or even if yours is not that long, just having the full keyboard as the input method for your device passcode is more secure than just having these huge round bubbles that <laughs> yes. highlight when you tap them. And I've just been at various events. And even sometimes it's standing in a coffee shop line or I was at a baseball game a couple months ago and I could literally see people putting in their passcode in rows ahead of me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is actually not that hard like this person well, has, hang on they're rows ahead of you so you see the passcode you've yeah. still got to get to them steal the phone escape from it and then get in and find that basically they don't have anything set up there yeah but i don't think if you're going to do the crime think it through to the end you know no, i'm not saying i'm going to do the crime i'm just saying i could see how this is a security hole because if we were working in tandem i see the person's passcode and then some guy pretends to be selling peanuts at the game, spills some nuts on the guy's uh, shirt. You know, he gets up, frantically tries to clean himself. Person, I don't know why I'm describing this entire. Listen, I, this did not happen. I just want to tell any law Exterior enforcement person. Exterior ball game day. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, no, this did not happen. 
I'm not walking through or giving you a step-by-step on how to steal somebody's phone. But anyway, uh, so I, I do alphanumeric for that reason alone, because I do feel like it's more discreet to use the full keyboard as opposed to the big nine or 10 digit uh, on the thing. But mm. this particular patent I think is interesting uh, because it seems like one of them is that the display could somehow built in, like this is not a, like one of the patents was like a film or something, right? Yeah. You had written it about it. Was it like a screen cover or something? Yeah, it seems so old fashioned, doesn't it? Slap a sheet over the screen and no one can see it. Um, <laughs> right. Whereas the other one, yeah, was a lot subtler. Uh, it was the display well, actually doing something digitally. It's obscure. actually having the screens are made up of layers, and right. one of the layers could be a, a somehow polarizing one that uh, presumably at your command, at your will, or at certain times will reduce. It's what they're doing is reducing the viewing angle so that right. it's only clear to the person who's supposed to be using it right in front of you, and presumably whoever's peeking over the top of your head, but not the person next to you, not the person ambling by. So right. um, polarization and field of view. Yes. Right. I think that's fascinating. I think it would be great. You know, I I have seen people with those screen protectors that, like, black out the screen at an angle. And, you know, I get it. Maybe if you're in a workplace and, I don't know, you can't trust the people around you or something. But I'm also like... I want to be able to see my own device screen at an angle. Like yeah. even now I've I turned on always on display, William, because you convinced me and I've left it Good. on it's since. It's great, isn't it? It is it's very just, nice. It's the way it should be. The <laughs> it way is it very should nice. always have been. Okay. <laughs> Mine's very nice. on next to me now and looking very happy at me. Yes, so, uh, yeah. That is where I look for the time now, William. I, I glance down Good. and I say, oh, there well, it is. Well, since you smashed your watch, what else can you do? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Okay, with your always on display though, do you have any widgets that you're using on the lock screen taking advantage of the always on or is it just the time? No, I have well I have two clocks. I've got New York time as well as UK. Right. Uh temperature with sunrise and sunset. Uh at the moment selling me my Apple Watch is fully charged because I was away last night and I forgot it's now on the charger and I have an OmniFocus um inbox button that I frankly have only ever used once. But you know hmm, okay so i should look into it more what about you though now well, you're a convert the people i work with are in tel aviv and so i do have that world clock on the lock screen which i find very convenient i like that i have my things uh, check mark because i can just tap that and go to my to-dos for the day and then i do have my uh next event it's the fantastic oh, yeah. widget i believe and it is the let me make sure is it fantastic or is a built-in calendar that is the question it is you know, getting to edit this lock screen, it takes a lot of taps, William. It does. It, it really does. does. I just have to say, I have to say, it is and the fantastic. Sometimes some of the things I'm using are actually in test flight and they expire and suddenly the uh, widget isn't there or something. And that throws me completely. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. It is the fantastic cal- up next widget because then it can follow your calendar sets that I have some that automatically uh, enable and disable certain times. So anyway. Uh, I like having those as the lock screen, and, and the always-on display is very nice. So, so yeah. yeah, good. I'm delighted you like it as much as I do. Yes, it is very nice. So uh, we'll see. I, I think there would be uh, useful features in future iPhones to be able to obscure at an angle, but digitally, so your screen is not always obscured like with these uh, screen protectors. Uh, now, just real quick, I, I just want to mention this OpenAI debacle because yes. it was amazing just how quickly the news was happening, what was happening. And so I won't go into super detail, but OpenAI is the company that makes ChatGPT, which is, I think, 
the fastest growing consumer product if you look at paid users or just active users in history. Like just it was adopted so fast. And of course, OpenAI does Dolly for image generation and the API that they have built for their AI uh, backend with things like Whisper AI for transcriptions like you're using and many applications use. They've just so quickly integrated themselves in so many areas of business and products and literally an entire economy of products have been built on their API and the technology that they're using. Many apps, things like that. So this is a big company, literally billions of dollars of investment. Microsoft invested $14 billion to OpenAI and has a 49% stake ownership of OpenAI. So, you know, big deal. Also, interesting that the board of OpenAI is a nonprofit board. Like there's a 501c3 that is over OpenAI as the company, but OpenAI is a for-profit business because it makes a lot of money. And so there's this push and pull of like the nonprofit board with the for-profit business, but we won't get into all of that. The CEO was CEO and now again CEO, spoiler, uh, Sam Altman. He is famous from being from Y Combinator, venture capitalist, and had his hands in many successful products uh, and services that came out of Y Combinator. He's the CEO of OpenAI and is really the face of it. And just last week was a part of the OpenAI Dev Day announcing an app store for ChatGPT and all these other integrations. Like he was the face of OpenAI and ChatGPT, like 2 million followers on X. Like he's a very influential character, especially in the tech space. Friday, last Friday, as we record a week ago, out of nowhere, fired. Board fires him. He just joined a Google Meet and was told he was fired out of nowhere, given no context, really no reason, and neither was the public given any reason, except for a vague statement about Sam Altman not being forthcoming about certain things. Super vague. He was fired. And then over the weekend ensued just an incredible turn of events where there were board members also leaving, the interim CEO taking Sam Altman's side, maybe also leaving. And then in like the most amazing Machiavelli move, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, is like, we'll hire Sam Altman as CEO of the Microsoft AI branch right now. And it was going to be like one of the most amazing aqua hires ever where Microsoft didn't have to buy the company OpenAI. They could just literally hire the entire team. Yeah, And there was like 700 employees out of 770 signed a petition saying they will leave OpenAI if Sam Altman is not reinstated as CEO. Like just wild stuff. And then several days of like, I guess, negotiations and talks or whatever. And now as we record today, it was announced just this morning that Sam Altman will return as CEO of OpenAI. There will be a new board in place that they are, they already announced the, the board members and they are back to where they were a week ago, just with a different board. And now Sam Altman still trudging along. And I find this, it was just a fascinating story. Some jokes were that like Sam Altman is speed running Steve Jobs's career by being fired from his own company by his board <laughs> and then rehired a CEO. And honestly, he literally did in a week. <laughs> Sam Altman did in a week what Steve Jobs did over uh, several years. And uh, Sam Altman didn't even have to go work for another company like Next. They literally just had to sit there for a week and he was brought back. Hmm. Amazing. Well, what were you feeling or thinking during all of this? Or what thoughts did you have? 
you, you did want to get popcorn, didn't you, and see oh, what was happening so next. Good. But uh, I keep thinking about, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, uh, Mira Marathi. Yes. Um, as soon as Sam Altman was gone, the board put her in and they did all this nonsense of, uh, we have the utmost confidence in her ability to lead open air during this transition period, all that. She was the interim CEO for maybe an hour before they got some bloke in I've never heard of, but it's apparently famous, uh, Emmett Shear. And then he was Who the was, uh, CEO. Twitch. He was the Twitch CEO. Right. Okay. Heard of Twitch. Um, and the next thing you know, uh, Mira Marathi is signature number one on that letter saying all of these people are going to are resolve going if to you leave. don't fix it. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you say you could argue we're back where we are, where they were. Um, whatever it was that Sam Altman was doing that the board didn't like, he, he had now had presumably has full authority to just keep on doing it. I presume Microsoft uh, has a bit more input now than they did because that was a big thing right. about the governance uh, over it. So Microsoft's got something out of it eventually. Altman's got what he wants out of it, presumably. The board is gone. Um, but what happens to um, Marathi? Uh, is she just going to go back to whatever her job was before? And what about Shear? What about him? I noticed that Shear on Twitter has changed his bio to say ex-interim CEO. Um, <laughs> That's so good. So, give him points for that. Uh, and uh, she's been, uh, she hasn't actually said anything as far as I can tell, but she re retweeted the announcement that Alton was back and gave it a kind of a heart emoji for it. So, she's up for it. And obviously, she was a signatory threatening to resign if it didn't happen. So, she's got to be on board with what it is. But she just had, you know, a nice career jump for an hour and is back to, well, I just. I mean, again, like, I joke with the Machiavelli thing. But mm. have you ever read The Prince, William? No, I haven't. But I know what you mean. Yeah, for it. I was looking to see who was being. I thought um, yeah, Microsoft was very clever in making this announcement before the stock markets opened. Um, <laughs> that was quite smart. Microsoft yes. was 100% playing their stock like a yo-yo for two <laughs> days. It's just wild. But, you know, I, I joke, The Prince, which is a book written by the author Machiavelli, who was known as a political and like leader. I'm not going to say it's like positive, like good leadership tips or whatever. <laughs> like Machiavelli was what? 1500s. Let me look at this up because I want to get it right. Machiavelli was 1469 to 1527. Yeah, I did. All right. Niccolo Machiavelli. Yeah. Okay. And so he wrote the book, the Prince and in it, he basically like is instructing and geopolitical leaders of the 15th and 16th centuries, like how to like make it out on top. Yeah. But uh, hang on. think everyone, all of those leaders, what's happened to them now? Yeah. So, well, you know, and yeah. so as you're saying, Marathi, you know, she took this job as interim CEO because the board appointed her, but yeah. I think it was a very Machiavelli move to turn around and be the top line on the signature to say, I'm signing this petition because if Sam Altman comes back, I want him to know that I supported him and basically right. like kind of played but, not, I don't know. I don't know her motivation, but basically she's probably gonna go back to what she was doing. It depends when she did it. If she did it while still in post as interim CEO, that's one thing. And I think you're right. If she did it because she'd been kicked out, you know, before she'd sat at her desk because of the um, sheer guy coming in, then right. that feels less Machiavellian, more right. vengeful. The thing is, I, I'd never heard of her before. And now here she is, somebody who could lead a company like OpenAI. I got to imagine she could be poached by another firm 
soon. Oh. And would she be really glad to go after all of this? I, I don't know. Well, and what's amazing, it seems like Microsoft was ready to hire 700 OpenAI employees yeah. overnight. Or they said they were. And <laughs> They said they were, but yeah. I, f- I feel like to get Sam Altman, they probably would have spent the money because Microsoft has it. But True. yeah, if Sam Altman didn't come to Microsoft, they probably wouldn't say like, oh yeah, all these job openings. Yes. Uh, but I find it fascinating because one, OpenAI is just an extremely influential company right now. And these people, like these figureheads, just there's so much influence that they can exact over the tech industry. So much so that Microsoft CEO is like, I don't know, not not bending over backwards, but almost kind of to have these people work for them because obviously Microsoft realizes the importance of the AI future and where AI tools are going. And where they've uh, pitched their tent, where they have told us all they're going. Right, right. And also Google, I mean, no, and Google is similarly, obviously pushing into AI, obviously putting a huge focus there, which just on the side connection of Apple very curious what they're going to be doing next WWDC and over the next few years. We've now heard Tim Cook say AI in an interview, and I'm yeah. curious what what progressions they will make. But go ahead. I would love to see the contract that Microsoft has with OpenAI because in the heat of all of this, every single time anybody on either side, Microsoft or OpenAI, said anything, they were they made great efforts to be sure that they also said that it's the relationship between Microsoft and OpenAI is very important to us and we continue to plan for the future together and everything's fine don't worry about it kind of thing <laughs> yes, all yes. of them Microsoft OpenAI Sam Altman who could have chosen to blow it up if he liked but you know he did all this stuff they all did it so what what is binding OpenAI and Microsoft together so tightly and is it better for Microsoft now than it was a few days ago? Is it worse for OpenAI? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, there it, will be a book about this. Oh, my yes. goodness. I, I can't wait to read it. I'm hoping for a TV miniseries. Um, I'm not sure who would play Sam Altman. Right, because you don't read books and things. You just wait for the TV. No, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. Let's just throw the reverse back at you. I want to know from your your UK perspective, what actor should play Sam Altman? I feel like... If William Defoe was a, or if Willem Defoe was a younger man, he should definitely play a Sam Altman. But I'm not sure if he well, can do that. Well, see, the thing is, actually, I am available. So, <laughs> yeah, um, let's just put there that you out go. there. William yeah. Gallagher as Sam Altman. Yeah, it could happen. Open it, AI it biopic, and it couldn't. No, but I think it's let's great. pretend it could. I know. Yes. I think it's, that would be a great addition to your Wikipedia page. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Yes. So we we did have an article on OpenAI, so I'll put that uh, in the show notes. But uh, before we go, we do have a, a somber moment that uh, I, I need to share with you all, the Apple Insider audience. And I know this is kind of like a weird time being like Black Friday, not a normal-ish episode outside the news cycle. But it is sad news for me that I am stepping away uh, from the Apple Insider podcast and the HomeKit Insider podcast uh, and from Apple Insider as a whole. I want everyone to know that you know, this is something that I've been thinking about for some time now. And I've mentioned it on the shows and on HomeKit Insider maybe more so, but you know, a year and a half ago, I, I changed my full-time careers uh, and started working from home and doing different things. And recently just been really investigating all the different irons in the fires that I have going on. And uh, as I looked at, you know, this show and time and all of that kind of stuff, I, I just felt like it was time to make the ex- very, very hard decision uh, to step away from 
doing the Apple Insider podcast and HomeKit Insider. And it is, again, 100% uh, my decision and something that I uh, approach them about. And I want all listeners to know it is has nothing to do with anyone there or or not being happy with the show or anything like that. I've absolutely, absolutely loved uh, hosting this show, producing it. It's been four years since I came back in 2020. And I got had the opportunity to start it in 2015 and then left for some time. So gracious, so grateful uh, for the Apple Insider team, Jeff, Mike, and of course you and Wes for allowing me to come back and do this, for being a part of the show for these last four years, and for the many listeners and, and just the wonderful experience it has been to do it. And I, I love this show. And, and William, I so appreciate you being on the show with me for hundreds of episodes. It's been a joy. Uh, to talk to you and and to do this show, and again, it's it's sad, um, and it's again extremely hard decision, and not something that I came to lightly. And I know it's kind of a shock because you know no one sees these kinds of things coming. But wanted to mention it on this episode because I will be here for one more. I'm going to do an episode next week with William and Wes, the trio together. Will maybe for the first time, uh, we'll do that. And you know, I still exist in real life. I will be around on uh, social media and such. And of course, there's places you could find me and I'll still be talking about Apple stuff in various places. And maybe I'll even come back in the future as a guest. I would love that. And that's something Apple Insider has said that, you know, they would love to have me in the future to come back as guest. But that is the news. And um, it's very somber, really. It's it's uh, really tough. But William, thank you personally, just for being awesome, being an awesome co-host. I've Goodness. so enjoyed our hours of conversation together. And I love doing the show with you. Well, thank you, and I, I, I want to say the same thing about it, but first I've just got to know, are you going to Microsoft? <laughs> I am now the CEO of OpenAI. No, I'm not, not going anywhere. And, you know, this is very inside baseball, but uh, Apple Insider podcast and HomeKit Insider has always been a, a side thing that I do. Um, you know, I don't really write for Apple Insider. I'm, I'm not full-time staff there. And so my, my full-time job is actually making videos for Riverside, which is what we used to record the show. And that is where I transitioned to a little over a year ago. And so that is my full-time job in addition to other side gigs and something I've done on the side, a passion project, which is why I've gotten to love doing it because it's, you know, uh, been a side thing. But but yeah. Well, it's going to be very strange without you. Uh, we'll miss you, William, for sure. And uh, I'll bother you on social media and still troll you about not watching Ted Lasso. Oh. And, uh, Do you know that was the one good part of all of this? I thought that bit was over. <laughs> Didn't want to say it. Was quietly giggling, but no, yeah, no, no, it's no, all I'll out still, now. Fine. I'll still bother okay. you. And uh, and you know, again, if, uh, listeners, I'm I'm of course going to be around doing things, and uh, you can follow me on social media and and still continue to listen because William is going to be uh, a wonderful staple to this podcast and. I do wonderful things well, with it. Yeah, actually, I'm hoping to get Mira Marathi to present it and take over well, from you. Um, be, be careful; she might uh, sign a letter. Uh, yeah, okay. But we'll do one more. We'll do, I'm going to be on one more next week, and so I'm I'm bracing myself for the deluge of of messages and and I appreciate it. Uh, anyone who sends those kinds of things, well, we'll see each other one more week, and uh, we'll say a final goodbye then. But but thanks again, William. This has been a of course last. none of this is true. No, You'll be back in two weeks' time. You know how it works in this business. You leave on Friday, you come back on Monday, everything's the same. That's how it's going to be. Counting on this, don't let me down, okay. all right? <laughs> okay. I will, I will do my best. I can't say I'm going to repeat the Sam Altman speed run of Steve Jobs' career, but, but no, for real. Thank you all. 
Uh, thanks to the audience. I'll see you one more uh, next week. And of course, reach out to William. All his uh, handles are in the show notes as well. I never got a Wikipedia page <laughs> after all this, which is still very disheartening. But that's okay. Some some people tried, and I appreciate it. Oh, really? It. That's great. Uh, but, oh, really? Yes, I've tried and failed because I'm not famous oh. enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. There's some kind of Wikipedia, like red tape or whatever. So, but, but that's okay. I, I take solace in knowing that I'm one degree away from a Wikipedia page <laughs> because I know William Gallagher personally. <laughs> So continue to support the show, patreon.com slash Apple Insider, directly in Apple Podcasts. The show will go on, and I look forward to listening to future episodes and hearing from the great people at Apple Insider. And so thanks again. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.